First Kings chapter three, verse three, Solomon loved the Lord, followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense in the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. Solomon replied, you've shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you and you have continued to show this great love and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on the throne. Now, O Lord, you have made me king in replacement of my father David, and I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. You know, there are prayers you can pray that please God. All right. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom, governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. Everyone say, God is answering my prayer. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. Oh, now here's, so we've, we've named 2019 overflow. It's the theme of our year. And verse 13 is an overflow verse. And I will also give you what you did not ask for. Wow. Riches and fame, no other king in the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees, commands, as your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up, because this all happened in a dream. He woke up. He realized that he had had a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And he invited all the officials to a great banquet. I want to preach from the subject. Offerings, dreams, motives, answers, repeat. <laughs> and I'm just going to kind of give you a, a peek into my own life and how I live. And uh, I think it's going to help you and I think it's going to encourage you, just give you some things I do, not as a pastor, I do these as a Christian. And I think uh, they can help you as you live your life. Offerings, dreams, motives, answers, repeat. Father, help us now as we go to your word. In Jesus' name, thank you. By the way, I wasn't here last week to thank you. Thank you that the Warriors lost. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Oh, I'm so tired of those guys. Oh, I'm getting hot thinking about it. Oh. So I just want to give you, I want to give you some things from Solomon's life that uh, are true in my life and can be true in your life as well. And kind of the process, the pathway, the, the cycle of a healthy spiritual life, the cycle of seeing dreams and visions come to pass in your life, the, the cycle of blessing. And you know, I did a whole series on cycles uh, back last year that was all about breaking negative cycles, but I believe we can have positive cycles. And that's why I ended this with repeat, because 
I believe there is a flow that we can enter into with God that creates a cycle of blessing in our life. And so I think it's really going to help you. And if you'll lean into this, I'm going to teach a little bit, and I'm not really going to preach that much, but I'm going to teach. And if you'll lean into this word and give me a little bit of amen every once in a while, I think God's really going to speak to you in Jesus' name. Point number one, offerings. Offerings. Solomon is beginning a new season. He's entering into leadership. He's entering into the biggest moment of his life. He's entering into his kingdom. And he begins a new season, watch me, with an offering. He enters a new season honoring the Lord. He stepped into authority but does not demand loyalty from his subjects. He gives loyalty to his God. I'm telling you right now that your life is being shaped by your offerings. Your life is being shaped by your generosity. Your life is being shaped by the seeds you've sown. A farmer never goes out to a field, plants tomatoes, uh, tomato seeds, and comes back two weeks later and prays, man, I just pray these aren't peaches. No, they're tomatoes. Because <laughs> you can know your future by the seeds you've sown. I know my future. My future's good. Why? Because I give offerings. And my seed is creating my future, predicting my future, setting up my future. And Solomon says, I want my future to be blessed, so I'm going to start by blessing the Lord. And he sows a seed into God's kingdom. The Bible said Solomon loved the Lord. And verse four says he sacrificed burnt offerings. Now, he sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. Here's what's interesting about that. There is no Bible commandment to sow 1,000 burnt offerings. There was no command from God that he had to do it. He wanted to do it. He didn't have a scripture that said every king must sow 1,000 burnt offerings. There was nothing to that. This was out of the overflow of his heart. And can I just tell you, that where God wants you is he wants you out of I have to and into I get to, into I want to. There was this thing in Solomon that just said, I want to honor God. I want to bless the Lord. I want, I want God to know that I'm serious about this new role that I'm stepping into. So I'm going to show it with a seed, with an offering. And here's what's crazy about burnt offerings. Um, there were certain offerings that you would give in the Bible and the priest would take part of it and burn it unto the Lord, but then they would eat the rest of it because as you gave in the temple back in those days, the priests would actually live off of your offerings and eat off of your offerings. But a burnt offering was 100% consumed. So you gave the animal and you watched it go up. <laughs> That's kind of how some of y'all feel when you put your offering in the bucket and it starts going down the... <laughs> and you're going, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> Because when you gave a burnt offering, you were sacrificing the food, the milk, the wool, the leather. You were, you were sacrificing the ability for it to reproduce. And every time you give, it is a sacrifice. 
I love that God calls it a sacrifice. Can I just tell you this? I love that God calls it a sacrifice. In other words, God could have said, I'm God, you're not, you need to give. No, this isn't a sacrifice. You, you just need to do this. No, God calls it a sacrifice because he knows that it moves your heart. Amen. He knows that, man, this thing is impacting. He knows that this thing is affecting you. He knows that your heart is connected to it, and God calls it a sacrifice. In other words, God honors it for what it is. It is holy. It is a big deal. It is pleasing. It is, it is sacred. It is something from the heart of you that blesses the heart of God. And God says, I don't just call that just an offering. I call that a sacrifice because I know that your flesh is always going to act up and try to talk you out of your generosity. And so every time you give, it blesses me. And I'm going to make sure I bless you for it because I know the sacrifice that it is. Offerings are an invitation for God to release more in your life. Every time you give, you create a gap in your life for God to fill. Yeah? So you give your 10%, you give your tithe, and now your increase is down 10%. There's a gap. Now you're giving God the opportunity to fill that gap. Can I just tell you, he never fills it with the level you gave it. He always gives it with more. That's why David said, God, God, David did not say Psalm 23, God fills my cup. He said, my cup runneth over. You sow one little seed, you get a whole plant, you get all of that fruit, and all of that fruit is full of more seeds. Everything that God does increases, and every time you give to God, it releases an opportunity for God to increase in your life. Isn't that good news? And I, I, had a, um, I was talking to a guy outside before uh, this service. He was at the 930, and he goes, you know, I, I was born and raised Catholic, and you know, we gave just kind of out of like, that's what we have to do. He said, I've never given with expectation, ever. What you're talking about, I've never done that. And he goes, do I have to? And I said, no, you don't have to, but you can. And he goes, I just kind of feel bad because I already feel so blessed. And I said, yeah, but, but the point of God blessing you more is not just so you have more stuff. Well, I guess I'll buy another watch. I mean, how many watches can you buy? I guess I'll get bigger tires. How big can your tires get? How, I guess I'll buy another fishing rod. How many can you own? How many cl golf clubs can you buy? Ladies, how many shoes can you buy? Don't answer that. Okay. Uh, it's not just about having more stuff. It's about when God blesses you with more, you can be a bigger blessing. You get to give more. So we say it like this. At City Light, we don't give to get. We give to give again. But every time we give again, it's more than the last time. And by the way, when you give, you always give at first with faith and fear. Jamie, why are you talking about giving? I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> what, 
when you give at first, you give with faith and fear. In other words, you give full of faith. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to do this. And you give kind of freaking out. Yeah, amen. I mean, that's how I started. Maybe y'all didn't start that way. That's how I started. Mark 14, 4 says this. When the woman broke the perfume over Jesus' feet, they said, why this waste? And can I tell you, when you first start giving, the devil goes, why this waste? What a waste. What could you have done with that money? What could, you have, what could you have bought with that money? How could you have? And not only does the devil say it, you kind of say it at first. You're like, what? Did, like, I could imagine Mary doing it and going, what did I just do? And then all of her friends who were no help at all went, what did you just do? And everybody in the room questioned her offering except for Jesus. <laughs> Everyone questioned it except the Lord. The Lord said, what she's done today has honored me. So at first you give with faith and fear, but then you mature. And then you go into faith and expectation. Let me say it like this. I always give first and foremost by faith. I do it to honor God, to bless the Lord, and expand the kingdom of God. That's why I give. But I also give with expectation. Like, I know God's going to do something. I don't know what he's going to do, but... God's going to do something in my life. I don't know who's going to buy me lunch this week. I don't know who's going to send me a Starbucks card. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how the IRS messed up my taxes and will give me money back <laughs> in June. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen, but, but, I, but I know I'm expecting harvest. I'm expecting good things. I'm expecting favor. I'm expecting unlikely sources of provision in my life. I'm expecting a bigger tip at that table. They should have given me a $10 tip. They gave me a $100 tip. Like I'm believing for those kind of things. I'm believing to sell a home that I'm not, you know, I've been selling $200,000 homes. I believe I'm going to sell a $700,000 home. Come on, real estate agents. I, we, got, we got enough of them around here. Sell one of them. Believe God. So I used to sow by faith and fear. Now I sow by faith with expectation. And, and let me tell you something. I believe Solomon sowed by expectation because his father sowed with expectation. You could read about the life of David and the unbelievable multi-billion dollar offerings that David would sow into the kingdom to build the house of God. It's crazy. So, Jabin, why are you talking about this right now? I'm talking about this right now on June 23rd because on August 25th, we will receive our miracle offering for our new building. Why are you telling us? Because if you want to go on vacation, go on vacation. If, if, you, if you're like, this guy just wants my money, then skip August 25th. I ain't tripping. We don't do anything by fear, manipulation, guilt. I need, I need 20, 20 people to get $5,000 right now. We're not going to be able to pay the bills this week. And we don't do weird stuff like that. This is not weird Christian TV looking into the camera going, if you don't sell right now, you're going to miss your miracle. Like, we don't do stuff like that. And the problem is the devil has hijacked prosperity. And he's made it some creepy, gold-wearing, grease-back, nasty preacher on TV 
in a $5,000 suit going, you got us all right now. And that's, what, that's our definition of prosperity. And so I start talking like this and everybody gets quiet because you saw some dumb YouTube thing that went viral <laughs> or Facebook thing that went viral or you've seen some crazy thing on BET at 3 a.m. on Saturday night <laughs> selling miracle spring water supposedly from Jerusalem and then they find out it's from Jersey. We don't do any of that. We don't do anything by pressure. I'm telling you, if this is home and you want to get behind the vision, prepare for August 25th. That's what I'm asking you to do. And if you don't want to, you could either come and just worship and not give, or you could take the day off, sleep in, go bake out, you know, at the pool somewhere and, you know, just enjoy the heat. I didn't mean bake out like... (laughs) I have to clarify that now in Vegas. I meant bake out like by the pool without any additives. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just no baking. Just get baking out of this thing. Because here's what I really want you to do. Like all the, all the men of the house, I, I want you to be praying over the next two months. This, and this is the prayer. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to give? Not what's my expectation to give. Not what do I think I need to give. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Here's what the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to do. He's going to lead you to give something by faith. I don't know what that amount's going to be. I'm praying right now, already, Holy Spirit, August 25th is coming. What would you like me to do? What would you like me to sow? I think I have a number in my mind. I'm ready to give more. I'm ready to do whatever the Lord tells me to do. I'm, I'm telling you two months in advance because I honor you and I never want any of you to feel like we are pressuring into giving ever, ever, ever. So I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up to ask the Holy Spirit, Jabin, what should I give? I have no idea. That's between you and God. Isn't that a good place to be? Well, if we, if we can all just at least give. No, no, we don't at least give anything. Because that, I believe, limits our faith. Amen. If we can all at least give $100, if we can all at least give $40, no, man, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to tell you to do, but I'm ready for whatever God tells me to do. All I'm saying is, if we all do our part, I I believe that we will have enough to make our next move. And I'm pumped about it, and I'm not losing sleep over it. Amen. Amen. Because I'm not your source and you're not my source. God is our source. And God's going to lead us and guide us. Amen. So he gives an offering, number two, dreams. Number two, he dreams. Uh, Catch this. He gives an offering in Gibeon and he receives a dream in Gibeon. Because you'll always reap where you sow. And, and just another one in there, just, and you'll always reap more than you sow. He sows in Gibeon, and that night, the Lord talks to him. Never, sac- never separate your sacrifice from your dream, because God doesn't. And this man gave sacrificially And I believe it was the sacrifice that opened the door for the Lord to say, what do you want? 
In other words, I can trust you because I've seen what you've done. And by the way, he sowed before he dreamed. And some of us want to dream. And then if the dream comes to pass, we'll sow. And God says, no, 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 you set up the dream by sowing. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about in every area of your life. Well, I'll serve when. Well, I'll help when. Well, I'll love people when. Well, I'll be a better Christian when. No, no, no. (laughs) You sow, and then God releases a dream. We cannot separate Solomon's offering from his dream, and we can't separate our offerings from our dream. So Solomon asked for wisdom, but he asked it in his dream. His destiny moment, his defining moment, his game-changing moment, the very thing we know Solomon for happened in a dream. And by the way, your life is going to be connected to your dream. So what is a dream? Here's what a dream is, verse five. What do you want? Can we, can we put that up? Verse five. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon and he said, what do you want? What do you want? Whatever you want, that's your dream. Think about that for a second. What's, what's your dream for your marriage? Have you defined that yet? If you haven't, you need to define it. What's your dream for your finances? Have you defined, if you haven't, you need to. What's the dream for your family? If you haven't, you need to define it. What's the dream for your future? If you haven't, you need to define it because God said, what do you want, Solomon? You tell me. In other words, verbalize and define clearly your desires. He said, define it, and then he said, and ask. Like, have you written it down? You, you literally need to get your iPhone out or whatever phone you have, and you need to go to the notes app, and you need to write it down. This is what I'm believing God for. This is what I want. This is what I'm praying for. This is, this is my dream list. This is my prayer list. This is my hope list. This is my faith goal list. And then as you reach those things, then you celebrate. You put a little check mark or maybe some emoji hands. Come on, somebody. Y'all know these ones? <laughs> Praise hands. And you go, awesome. We hit that, we hit that goal. Praise hands. Awesome, that person that I was believing God to get saved, God saved, praise hands. And now you have a faith history to look back on. God says, Solomon, what do you want? Ask. And Solomon was able to clearly define his dream back to God. And here's the the greatest dream, the God dream for your life. The God dream for your life is when your desires and God's desires intersect. That's the God dream. And I believe that as you become God's man or God's woman, you'll start dreaming God's dreams. And you'll tell God what you want and God will say, what a coincidence. That's the same thing I want for you. And when what you want And what God wants, line up, it's going to come to pass. Can I get an amen from everybody in the room? Come on, clap your hands. I'm almost done, but 
I know I opened up the message talking about money and everybody's nervous, but everyone just breathe and relax, okay? That part's over. Number, number three, <laughs> motives. Motives. I love this because Solomon said, and by the, this is just my journey. I give and I dream, but now I have to surrender my dream to the authority of the Holy Spirit. Solomon said, I just want wisdom. God, help me to be a, help me to be a dad. Lord, help me to be a wife. God, help me to, help me to be a better husband. Just, I just need wisdom. Like, do something in me. Solomon did not pray, Lord, change the people. Say, change me, God. Give me wisdom. Give me an understanding heart. Help me. Help me be a better employee. Help me be better on my job. Lord, Lord, help me. And when you pray that kind of prayer, God answers that prayer. God is pleased by that prayer. God said, oh, I like when you start praying about you and your issues and you stop telling me about your wife's issues and your husband's issues and your kids' issues and your boss's issues, thank you for talking to me about you because God's number one priority in your life is you. Solomon loved the Lord, sacrificed to the Lord, and cared about the Lord's people and said, God, give me a heart of wisdom and understanding. And God said, I can answer that prayer. Because that prayer was going to directly affect and bless everyone in Solomon's life. On the screen, does your dream change anyone else's life besides your own? On the, there it is, okay. <laughs> I had to use my anointed hand to do it. Does your dream change anyone else's life besides your own? Or is your dream just about you and yours? God will always back up, provide for, prosper, fund a vision that helps others. This isn't just about, this isn't a scripture for preachers, this is for Christians. Can you get a vision for where you work? Can you get a vision for your business? Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a barber, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, a police officer, a firefighter, it doesn't matter whether you're in the armed forces, whatever it might be, you're a barista, whatever it is, can you get a vision for it? Can you attach what you're doing to the kingdom? Because God says, I can always get behind the person who has a dream to bless others. So the motive of the dreamer is so important. He says, God, I just want to help people. I just want wisdom. And honestly, that's my prayer. And if, if you'll start praying the right things, you'll start getting the right answers. Yeah. Number four, answers. Everyone say answers. Yes. One more time, say, God is, God is. answering my prayer. Answering my prayer. I'm feeling good. Look at someone around you. We need to break the ice a little bit. Look at someone around you. Say, God is, God is. Answering, your answering your prayer. Look at one more person. Say, you too. <laughs> Verse 12, and I will give you what you ask for. God answers his prayer. 
God says, because your motive was pure and all you wanted to do was be a blessing, I'm going to answer that. See, the book of James says, you have not because you ask not, and that's where we stop. But James doesn't stop. James says, and some of you are asking and still not getting answers because you're asking with the wrong motives. Can I just tell some of you, if you keep praying the same prayer and you're not getting the answer, maybe it's because God isn't interested in that right now. Ouch. You're like, I got up at 1045 to hear this. God changed my wife, changed my wife, Jesus. My wife is a crazy psycho, Jesus. Help her, Jesus. She ain't changing. Lord, help me to love my wife as Christ loves the church. Help me to be humble. Help me to serve and love and lay down my life for this woman that you gave me. She's a blessing from you. And I refuse to complain and I refuse to just keep going off about this. Lord, change me. Whatever's wrong with me. The Lord says, Ooh, I can do something with this guy. Lord, give me a man, Jesus. Give me a man, Jesus. I need a man, Jesus. I want to get married, Jesus. I've been praying for years. No. Stop. <laughs> Just stop talking about that for a while. I say, Lord, help me to be content. Help me to be happy with me. Help me to be a good friend. Help me to be okay without having someone in my life right now. And you start praying the right prayers. I love this verse 13. God will give you what you didn't ask for. Uh Ooh, I'm preaching myself happy. (laughs) Verse 12, I'm going to give you what you asked for. Hallelujah, it's over. No, but because I'm a God of overflow, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. Money, he said. A long life. The lives of your enemies. Victory. Overflow. You know, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I prayed for this church to grow. You know what I pray for? I pray, God, give me a word for these people. They're coming hungry. They need a breakthrough. They need a word. God, give me an understanding heart to love them and serve them. I don't know if I've ever prayed, God, give me a big church. Well, God knows I don't want an empty church. (laughs) Amen. But I don't pray for that. I pray for a word. Because I think if God gives me a word, and if I think, I think if my heart is to love you, I think people will actually show up. And so we've grown by accident. Because our motive has always been two things. And my wife and I are this kind of two-headed leadership team that 
I, I give all of my time to hearing from God and she gives all of her time to giving you the best possible experience on a Sunday. And then we just let whoever shows up, show up. And God has, God has answered the prayers we've never prayed. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Oh yeah, we, of course we want this. It's amazing. So cool. Tuesday night, so cool. Where God's taking us, so cool. But we never asked for it. We've asked God to make us a blessing to this city. Can I, can I just tell you, make the main thing the main thing, and God will take care of the other things that you do care about. They're just not the main thing. Can I take you to the New Testament really quick? Seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6.33. Keep the main thing the main thing. And all these other things... What are the other things? Read, read the book of Matthew chapter six. What you wear, what you eat, what you drink, stuff that you need, care about. He goes, all those things will be added. You just make the main thing the main thing. I'll bless you by accident if you'll live on purpose. Is this mic on? Does anyone hear what I just said? That's unbelievable. That'll change your life. Sorry, it wasn't in my nose. That's good for me. You'll be blessed by accident if you'll just live on purpose. God said, I'm going to answer your prayer and I'm going to answer the things you didn't pray because I'm that good. Lastly, repeat. <laughs> Do it again. Start, you know, when you got married, right, and the preacher talks about this thing. It just keeps going and going. You just, some, some of y'all, all you know is cycles of addiction. Circles of defeat. Poverty. Offense. Breakdowns. And you're just beat up. And that's your cycle. I'm giving you a new cycle. I'm giving you a new circle. It's called the cycle of blessing. Solomon wakes up from the dream. We just read it. And he goes, OMG. That was awesome. Let's do it again. <laughs> and he gives another offering. He repeats the cycle. I don't know if have you ever just loved a song. Maybe on your, I don't know if people still have CD players in their cars, but in your CD player or on your, you know, your, your phone and you hit the repeat button. Anyone? Yeah, okay, okay. Because it's so good and you just, you want to hear it again and again and again. And you know, you can hit the repeat button on your life. <laughs> Not of junk like it's been but a repeat button of blessing, overflow, the goodness of God, the dream of God, the guidance of God, the word from God, a good life, a blessed life, the God kind of life, what Jesus called the Zoe life. I've come to give you 
zoe and zoe more abundantly. This word zoe, life, is all-encompassing blessing. Solomon goes, I think this whole thing was triggered by an offering. So when he wakes up, he does it again. Can I just tell you that's my life? I give. I dream. I lay it all down before the Lord. I get answers. Repeat. What a good way to live. It's the God kind of life. It is the good life, not the perfect life. It's the blessed life. Not the problem-free life, the blessed life. Not the giant-free life, no, the blessed life. Not the, not the life without storms. There's going to be some storms, but, but this will keep you in a cycle of blessing no matter what comes against you. It's, it's, um, it's not as mysterious as we make it. We could live miracle to miracle or we could live in a cycle of blessing. I'm not saying you'll never need a miracle. You need them. I need them. But the theme of my life is not I'm freaking out, I need a miracle. The theme of my life is offerings, dreams, <laughs> motives, answers. Repeat. That's, that's the theme of my life. And then every once in a while, all hell comes against me and it's like, Jesus, I need a miracle. But the theme of my life is offerings, dreams, motives, answers. Repeat. What a good way to live. It's what God wants for you. Did you learn anything? You good? We all good? We all good? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. That's how good God is. That's his plan for your life. It's a good plan. So, Father, we thank you for it. We trust you. We bless you. We thank you for these principles in the word that can absolutely shape and shift our own lives they set us up to win they set us up for freedom they set us up for the overflow that you have for us thank you that you're that good thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light Life isn't always easy. Life isn't always light. But your yoke, your, your presence, your relationship with us, it's easy. It's light. It's good. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.